Hey, everybody. Hey, 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 hey. It's tough to find a positive at this point, but I'm positive the season's almost over. Hey everybody, what it is, what it was, happy Sunday to you all. Welcome back to the unfiltered, unedited, uncensored, commercial-free Sharks podcast that is the Pucknologist here on Teal Town USA. Remember, if you uh, want to keep us commercial-free, use that Super Chat option during the live shows. Better yet, find us on Venmo at Teal Town USA. If you're new to the cast, hit that subscribe button on YouTube and uh, leave some comments in the uh, comments section if you weren't able to join us live. And if you're listening on your favorite podcast app, make sure you're subscribed there. And uh, yeah, dude, I don't know about you. I don't like listening to podcasts that crowbar in commercials out of nowhere. So that's why we have that option. Let's go. Well, see, uh, Jerk has changed up his location this week. <laughs> so uh, it's good to <laughs> it's good, good to be good back. To- Good to be back. Yeah, uh, <laughs> nothing you know, changed. I, you've been, uh, you you've had the monopoly on on this this running joke or bit or whatever you want to call it. Um, what pretty bit? much for the last few years. So it, it, it's it's my turn to get to to uh, get to take this one for a spin. Oh, what are we? So I was I w- I was absent from last week's podcast because I was hanging out with my wife. My wife. <laughs> Look at us, just two married guys. Look at us. <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing on hot ones now? Look at us. <laughs> Look at us. So yeah, you've had the monopoly on that bit, but uh, there's a there's a new player in town here. Oh man, I don't know that you're gonna be able to top Sherry. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the Sharks played three games this week, picking up one point. You had to pick up that one, didn't you? 73 games. It's better than winning, right? Oh, I guess so. Yeah. 73 games. They got 52 points. The Sharks are finally last in the Pacific Division, last in the conference, last in the league. Now, the Blue Jackets are tied in points. The Jackets have one game in hand. Both teams have one game left against teams outside the playoffs. But... But let's let's just take a, a take a peek at that for a second, shall we? So the Sharks got Winnipeg. Now they've already lost to Winnipeg once, or no? I'm sorry, they beat Winnipeg in mm-hmm. overtime. So that's Correct. that's that's one that makes you a little nervous. Man, <laughs> uh, Vegas. I think that probably penciled that down as for an L. Yep. Uh, at Arizona. That's the one that, of course, you go. Coin flip. Well, true, but San Jose has beaten them the two previous games, and if you're, and, and I'm sure that's uh, to the um, <sighs> to the happiness of Swift Shark. <laughs> <laughs> uh, then two versus Colorado. I mean, you'll remember that was probably the Sharks' worst game of the season at six zero curb stomping in in the Mile High City. Yep. Then. Edmonton, who just rocked you, then at Winnipeg, mm, you know, but I, it, Winnipeg has a lot to play for right now. 
mm-hmm. then no kidding, dude. Yeah. Then you have at Calgary. So, oh no. So excuse me. Calgary's outside the playoff picture right now. Uh, so I guess there's a couple. And then Edmonton, if you look at the blue jacket side of the coin, it's uh dude at the Rangers at Boston <laughs> to finish out the season. Yikes. Then versus Florida. Eh, maybe. Versus Ottawa. Hey. And that's the second night of back to backs. Then at Toronto. At New Jersey. So that's and then versus the Rangers again. But then at Philly. You got a chance of winning that one. Versus Pittsburgh. And then versus Buffalo. There's another one. So this is this is one of those ones where you go, the sharks control their own destiny, if you will. Well, and considering the fact that the Sharks are the only team out of 32 to have less than 20 wins, uh, they've certainly done everything in their power uh, to get to this point. And and look, like, you, you know, it's being pointed out on the chat. You know, you can still be the you can be the worst team in the league. You still got to win the lottery. Mm-hmm. Absolutely true. Absolutely true. But you know, the you want to put yourself in the best position. Yeah, you course. want the best uh, the best odds. Of course, yeah. You want to you want to be in the on, best position. Dude, have the best odds. Full on Hunger Games. Stuff. Full on Hunger yeah, Games. Totally. May the odds ever be in your favor. At the same time, though, and and we've we've bandied this about you know offline here. The Sharks have lost nine in a row. Fourteen of fifteen. Fourteen of fifteen. The odds say you're going to win at some point. So my advice would be take solace in the fact that the Sharks lose more than they win. You know, they're not, you're not going to, the, the worst team of all time is going to win at some point. Right. So you would, you would think you just got to hope they lose more than they win, which they've done. I mean, they <laughs> <laughs> pretty, pretty, like pretty epically, like I said, you know, the, oh, the only team in the NHL with less than 20 wins right now. And I, uh, you know, as an aside, you know, you get the, you get the emails from the sharks, right. And they say, Hey, we, we got six home games left. And I'm like, Oh, good. <laughs> no, Six five. more losses. Here we go. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Dude, here, here's the thing that really gets me. They're on pace right now for 59 points. Good. That would be their worst 82-game finish since 95-96. And the team that was the worst in franchise history, 92-93, even that team had eight home wins. <laughs> <laughs> and here's the other one that'll bake your noodle. They're on pace for 59 points. Now, yep. Th- again, if they continue this over the next nine and they only pick up, say, two wins, oh boy. Because <laughs> um, where, where are they at now? 53 points. So if they only pick up two wins, that puts them at 57. That would tie them for the 2012 2013 team that posted 57 points but they posted those 57 points in 48 games because that was that was the shortened season (laughs) (laughs) and and, you know it it, it's worth mentioning i think as well that you know even even though the sharks are in a historically terrible position right now like let's not forget you know the colorado avalanche won the stanley cup last year as we all remember it wasn't that long ago i think it was four or five seasons ago five seasons ago it wasn't that long ago that the Avalanche were coming off the worst, and and that's not an exaggeration, the worst uh, season in mm. the salary cap era. Yeah, you know they in in 2017 they 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 had 48 points. 
right? And then it and, was, fetch us Joe Sackett. He'll fix this. And Sackett said, yeah, yep. And, and you know what? And and now that's not to say that it's a total straight line uh, that the Sharks are going to follow, but it is possible to be, like I said, in the com- like beneath the basement and uh, pull your way out of it, you know? Mm-hmm. Ryan in the chat. Hockey Jerk's background is so fire. Literally. <laughs> uh, Teal BT coming in with the super chat. Thank you so much. Uh, for nine more losses and some luck in May. Hell yeah. Shout out to Teal BT. Damn skimpy. We're not going to ask what the BT stands for, but something does come to mind. Continue. (laughs) Bye, Timo. (laughs) Uh, This week, the Sharks picked up that charity point in Edmonton. They got smoked in Vancouver, found a way to lose in Calgary. Uh, The Sharks lost this week by a combined score of 17 to 9. We're also going to touch on some Sharks moves this week, some takes and context on the whole Fanatics NHL announcement. Some athletic riders own their misses. I like seeing that. And a little check-in on the uh, Barracuda. Was not a good weekend for them. But let's start with the Edmonton game. Um, The best part of this, I guess, uh, the pregame tweet from Randy Hahn. Uh, evidently he, he took a shot of the scoreboard at Rogers and, uh, they had posted up there three going for 300 Evander Kane, Leon Dreisaitl, Connor McDavid looked to become the first trio of teammates in NHL history to hit the 300 career goal mark in the same game. Now, the funny part of this is that none of them scored and Kane had the worst dash out of both teams. <laughs> ah, that's where we're at, people. That's where we're at. Well, and you think about where Edmonton's at, right? I mean, they're, you know, they haven't clinched a playoff spot yet, obviously, but it's it's pretty I mean, going. clear. Right. It's pretty clear that they're going to make the playoffs. And so you, I feel like from that perspective, you know, you kind of, you, you get to a point where, you're in and you're just sort of going through the motions and you know, maybe, maybe that's, maybe that little factoid is what gets them through the day that night. Uh, exactly. And see Ryan bringing up abs dropped a fourth in the lottery and still got Kale McCarr. See, that's, that's all I'm hoping for, man. Well, and I think <laughs> I, 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 you know, I don't want to go out on a limb too far here, but I, I would, um, I would wager to say that they're, uh, they're fine with that. Pick. Yeah, I think they're okay. They're going to, they're going to be cool. Uh, Reimer got the start on this one. Edmonton was on a three game heater. Um, look, things you love to see in this one, the, the Oilers get a goal taken away. Things you hate to see those sharks had three goals taken away. <laughs> I've never seen that before in my life. A hurdle still, offside. still making history after all this time, dude, I'm telling you hurdle offside. Janssen goalie interference, Gregor offside, Hyman goalie interference. Unbelievable. Uh, things you love to see in this one. EK65 had a sick fucking goal in this. Dude, that was sick. Um, and it gave the Sharks back the lead. Yeah, at least you got to see the Sharks battle back, so something you love to see, but you don't like to see a, yet another overtime game. <sighs> it's the, I mean, at this point, I really don't know what else to, to say. Cout uh, got, a, got a look on the, on the top line. Agazino comes in. After Eklund got sent down, what did you think about Agazino this week? I, you know, I was a little, I was a little bummed out to see him get called up only because I thought 
at this stage, you know, he was better suited for uh, to be on the Barracuda, help them in their playoff push. But at the same time, you do want to reward a guy who's played well. Um, and so the fact that, you know, he obviously he got a goal this week. But I thought aside from that, I thought he played, you know, with a I don't want to say that he was like out there running guys over, but it seemed like he played with a level of intensity that you would expect to be lacking in a team that's basically been out of the playoffs since the beginning of the season. So I thought it was nice to to see, like, again, some new blood. And if you look at the Sharks roster, it's been a lot of new blood pretty much since the trade deadline. And, you know, it's going to be even more. Right. And, and, you know, we're at that point, right, where it's like, yeah, maybe the game you're playing is not worth anything. But on a personal level, you know, you're you're playing for your livelihood. Right. And, you know, Agazino is signed for next year. But, you know, maybe if he impresses in this next little stretch, you know, maybe that's the difference between. Another year as the Barracuda captain or a fourth line option for the Sharks. Yeah. Uh, let's move over to Vancouver. Reimer starts another one. Vancouver playing much better since they've basically been eliminated. <laughs> <laughs> Funny how that happens. Uh, Seven three and zero over their last ten. They're five and one over their last six coming into this one versus the Sharks. But the one that really got you is Vancouver had won eight straight against San Jose and nine of the last 10. Well, make it 10 of the last 11. Uh, of note in this one, uh, Peterson gets recalled. Was one NHL game away from losing his waiver exemption status. So uh, he's going to need waivers if they try to send him back down. You see that happening? Um. Well, I so there's a little... I don't want to say there's controversy, but there's a little bit of confusion on the subject because... Uh, he, you know, Peterson was called up, uh, under emergency recall rules, right? So does so, that make him exempt? So I, initially I thought that it would because, you know, emergency recall, you know, allows you to bypass certain things, right? But, you know, you kind of dig into it a little bit more. And even though it is an emergency recall, you, it does appear as though he has lost that eligibility or I'm sorry, the exemption, but I don't know that that's a big deal uh, as it was made out to be. Cause look, like look at what he did last year. He, in a, in a largely fourth line role, he put up 12 goals last year with the Dallas stars and then gets one game under Pete DeBoer and DeBoer's like, you know what? I have no use for this guy. So I think recent history with him would tell you that, okay, sure. He requires waivers to go to the Barracuda, but I'm not totally convinced that he's a Barracuda guy. You know what I mean? Mm. Like but you, you seem pretty jacked when you heard that the sharks got him. Yeah, I mean, I, I, and that's not to disparage Scott Reedy. I think he's a Ooh. fine little, I think he's a fine little prospect. But to essentially do a one for one deal for someone that's had more success at the NHL level, and I personally think has a, I don't want to say, I don't want to say a better skill set, but a more, um, say it. How do I say this? A a, a skill set that's more beneficial to the long term game, if that makes sense. All right. Um. You know, so I thought it was a good pickup, and like I said, I I would not be surprised if Peterson finishes out the year um, with the Sharks, and I I don't even consider him an option for the Barracuda next year. I'm I'm unless something drastically changes, I'd be penciling him him in as the four C for next year. All right. Um, Reimer got worked in this one, dude. Holy crap, did he get worked? Are we at all surprised? I mean, he's been pretty bad all year. Yeah. Well, and then Kakinen 
didn't follow it up. And at this point, I'm just kind of like, just let Kakinen run it out. Like, see, yeah. see if like a, a heavier <laughs> workload gives gives you something. Because well, I don't, holy I don't crap. think it's. I mean, I don't think it's a coincidence that we talked about this. That Kakinen's best stretch of the season was when Reimer was injured. Yeah. So it's like give him give him the net for the rest of the season. I mean, see what you got. You know that Reimer's out of here after this season. You, yeah, right, exactly. You got Kakinen. Yeah, you got Kakinen for another year. So just like see what you got to make better decisions for next season. Yeah. But <clears throat> Quinn it's not, it's not like it could hurt the Sharks. Yeah, like, exactly. What is it going to Oh no, we can't do, you think Kakinen is going to, what, help you win some games? <laughs> I don't know. Quinn, following this one, had a great quote. Was, the losing is going to stop. I'll tell you that right now. It may not stop this year, but it will stop soon. And I'm thinking it will stop soon because you only have nine games left. Well, that's like, when I heard that, it just, it reminded me of like your, it reminded me of like your Great Recession era like candidates for, you know, for elected office, right? Where it's like, oh, I'm, I'm going to come in and, and we're going to get people back to work. You know, that whole thing, <laughs> which sounds great. And then they say, well, okay, well, what's your plan? And they all will, <laughs> you're going to find out. <laughs> oh, like, dude. oh well, all right. <laughs> we're we're, we're going to have big, beautiful health care in two weeks. Yeah. Huge health care. Yeah. Uh, you know. Hold on. Berg had a really interesting comment here. Did anyone read David Pollock's article about the attendance issues in San Jose? David Pollock is like, he hasn't written an article in like, he hasn't covered the sharks in like four years. What, what Burge are, are you time traveling? <laughs> like, uh, did you mean Pichelka or was think, this like a really old article? Well, I, I think David Pollock will, I think he puts out a thing every now and again. Well, I'll, I'll take a peek, and if if I come across something, we'll talk about it next week. But yeah, the uh, I know we covered it a few weeks ago. Uh, the Sharks have the worst uh, attendance this season, uh, percentage wise. They're the only team drawing less than eighty percent. Good. And well, and it's just kind of like, oh well. I mean, we can all see why. It shouldn't be a shock. Right, but, and 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 like we've been saying all along, you know the. You know, there, there's always conversations, right? Of like, okay, well, what's, what can you do, right? What can you get more people to come in? How can you fix the attendance problems? We've, we've been talking about it for two years now. It's like the people who want to be there are going to be there. Like <laughs> putting a good team on the ice, that's what's going to put butts in seats. Yep. Like, Job you know, we, we love Chachka as much as the next guy, right? But um, it's like, you know what? I'm starting to get a little burnt out on that, to be honest with right, you. Right. But I'm saying is like, okay, so I can watch a winning team or I can get a bobblehead. Like, yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, I feel you. Uh, Agazino got his first as a shark, so you love to see that. You, you love to see that the sharks lost in regulation. If they're going to lose, lose in regulation. Uh, Demko now eight and zero versus San Jose, and Kanijov is the only player who is as bad as a dash four. And uh, I don't. I'm not saying it had anything to do with it, but Kanijov has been sent down to make room for Thrun, who we will uh, talk about in a little bit. Moving on to Calgary, Kakinen gets the start. Matinee game. It's the kings of the charity point going up against each other. I think at that point, both teams had like 15 charity points. 
yep, that is correct information. Yeah. So Still if, true. Yeah, so you're just like, good Lord. Um, yeah, Kanijov got sent down, and there was a, a little... Dude, I mean, the, I don't... Tell me, is, is this Quinn just, like, throwing everybody's names on a dartboard and just what i mean because all this he put vlasic with carlson with carlson playing on his offside ferraro comes up to play with benning and mcdonald goes down to play with shimmick like what i i think i don't really give it much thought only because i think you know similar to what we were talking about with agazino right where you you want to see what you have in a guy i think it's I think it's it's um, pretty common to do a little bit of tinkering, right? I mean, especially everything that's looming surrounding Vlasic. You know, is he is he still a buyout candidate? Is he has he earned more, you know, cachet with the team in terms of whether or not he should still be here? You know, so I think maybe if it's a situation where it's like, well, Vlasic, you know, if you can play with our best defenseman, you know, maybe we'll keep you kind of thing, you know? <laughs> so I, I think the tinkering is very normal. It did, it did bum me out a little bit that, um, Kanijov had to go down. Um, but it, I, I don't think, you know, like, I don't think that's such a terrible thing though, because again, you know, he, no. And I, and I thought, you know, the nine games he played with the sharks, I thought he did, you know, I thought he played as well as he could have given the circumstances. And, you know, we have to remember that it, he's played nine games and nine <laughs> NHL games in the last 20 months. Like we expected it to be a little bit of a slow burn. And and I just, you know, I think it's part of the plan. So, you know, it, it did, like I said, kind of bum me out. But ultimately, I think long term, it's going to be good. Right. I mean, you have like. Well, it, but is it? Because I the, think so. No, hold on. The rub is. <clears throat> it was uh, reported when uh, the whole Thrun thing happened. Mm -hmm. Kanijov, it was reported, needs to play six more NHL games this season or becomes a group six free agent this offseason. Right. So, uh, I mean, Sharks have, have nine left. He's been sent down. And, it's, and Kanijov would be no longer waivers exempt if he plays four more. So... I don't know. You let him go group six FA. I mean, ugh, it, it, it's kind of a, you know, a, a six in one hand, half a dozen in the other kind of thing, because on one hand you let him become a group six UFA, like you're relinquishing what little team control you have. Right. But exactly. at the same time, a guy who has played well for the sharks, but is a bit of a lesser known commodity and has played nine NHL games in the last two years. I just don't know that many teams would be willing to take a chance on him, you know, and, and that's not indicative of who he is as a player, but just more, more the circumstances surrounding yeah. everything. Right. But those sharks play the odds. Right. And, and, but let's also think about it like this, right? Just think about it logistically, just from a, from a roster building perspective. Right. So with, with Nikolai Kanijov, and I think you'll agree with me here. <clears throat> I don't think there's a question of whether or not, you know, if if we are Mike Greer, let's just say, with Kanishov, I don't think there's a question of whether or not we want to keep Kanishov, right? Mm -hmm. You can't really say the same for Shimmick or McDonald or Dude. even Vlasic. I've got, like, I mean? I've got like three Shimmick jerseys. I'm so ready for this guy to be shipped out. <laughs> right, and, and and so that's the thing. You know, somebody like Kanishov, who you're, I'm, and I'm just kind of assuming here, 
your plan is to keep him. You you more or less know what you have, and you want what he brings to the table. So, you know, he doesn't have to be in the NHL because you don't really, like, you don't need to prove yourself if you've already proven it, right? All right, but Wheels wants to know what a Group 6 EFA is. Basically what it is is but it's it like is. A, if you're, um, say you're at the age where you should be a restricted free agent, but you haven't played, um, you, you haven't played the appropriate amount of professional games, uh, not professional, sorry, NHL. You haven't played the appropriate amount of NHL games, and so y- you kind of end up in this weird little area where you're RFA aged, but you haven't accrued the correct amount of seasons or games played, right? And so you fall into this weird area, and it's, it, it, you know, they there are Group Six UFAs every year, and the list of guys is usually small. It's I have never seen it more than like 10 or 15 names. If that. Um, right. And so it's, again, it's not something that I would worry about. I mean, especially because, you know, I, I think even though Shimmick has come back to play, you know, what we've seen this year is things are always a little bit dicey with him. And so he could just as easily be back on the injured reserve before we know it. And Kanishov comes right back up. Yeah. I think it, it, we've. This is a lot of information here, but I think what else is worth mentioning, and I'll have to double check on this. I believe Kanijov was. I believe Kanijov was emergency recalled, and so the rules of emergency recall stipulate. Yeah, it was an emergency recall. Once the guy he's replacing, in this case Shimmick or McDonald, take your pick. Once the guy he's replacing is healthy, you have to send him back down. Now. Tomorrow morning, we could see we could see Kinejov get called back up on a normal uh, transaction, or even another you know emergency loan. Say, like I said, say maybe Shimmick or McDonald are not there. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, what were we talking about? Oh yeah, Calgary. <laughs> so on this, I don't want to talk. About it. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna go full. You know, I, yeah, the Sharks lost, but um, let's talk about. Uh... <laughs> I gotta go. Uh, put the put a piece of paper over the scoreboard. Yeah. Oh Jesus. Can we not? Um, the, <laughs> the, I mean, the storyline of this one was Eric Carlson postgame saying shitty on air twice. <laughs> Love it. Both times saying we're trying to make the best out of a shitty situation. Hey, try doing a weekly podcast on this. You want to talk so, about doing the best? <laughs> trying to cover this team. Um, here, so, you know, a, fun, a funny story. Real, a little, I know little tons, handy. but share yours. So I'm I'm not gonna I'll I'll tell you who said this after we wrap up the show because I don't want to jam anyone up. Sure. But I like this would have been around the time Pavelski left, so about four years ago. Uh, I was having a conversation with somebody about oh who's gonna be the Sharks' next captain, and I said oh you know I think it's you know I think Couture makes the most logical sense just the longevity you know the you know the way that he kind of steps up in the playoffs and he's very you know kind of you know, very accountable, holds himself accountable, holds everybody accountable. I'm like, to me, that's an easy choice. And this person was like, no, it won't be Logan Couture. They're too, he's too honest. You know, they don't want somebody, they don't want the captain crapping all over the team on a nightly basis. I think it's going to be Eric Carlson because guy doesn't have it in him. He's just going to say the prepared statement and then move on. (laughs) Right. And then, so I hear you say, (laughs) guy said, we're in a shitty situation. And I'm like, huh. 
It doesn't sound quite the same. Oh, yeah. Not too much. <laughs> oh, I did want to drop in one before we go further. Uh, Anthony drop asked, uh, Anthony says, does anyone have the Discord link? Yes, Jerk does, so hit up Hockey. Yeah, send me a DM on Twitter. Yeah, Hockey underscore Jerk. Um, so I guess the the one thing you can take away from this, uh, EK has two assists. Yep. Um, 10 points from 100. We'll see if he can pull that out over the next nine games. And we're another game closer to the lottery. Uh, the, the thing you, of course, hated to see was the fact that Columbus lost later in the day. So, but you know what? The sh- but the the Sharks are worse in the standings than Columbus right now. So as long as they keep pace, they're still in the money. Yeah, but I would I would like a little breathing room. You know what I mean? Sure, that's fair. Uh, hero and zero this week. I mean, my hero. It's uh, I don't know anybody who didn't have to play this week. Svechnikov. There you go. You're my hero. <laughs> McDonald. Who I mean, <laughs> it's it's hard to find. I guess I just go Carlson because he. You know, had two goals in a game. He had two assists in a game. So, yep. you know, and and again, 10, 10 away from a, from the century mark. So, uh, okay, easy pick. I go Carlson. Not exactly a bold choice. No, that's that's a <laughs> that's a very sexy pick. <laughs> like, <laughs> who do you got? So, and and I am I'm. This is. I, I kind of have a lot of on my agenda here. On one hand, well, I you, think this player... you missed a week. It's fair. Sure. I think this player deserves, uh, well, sorry, I don't like that word. I think this person's earned the distinction of hero of the week, but also I think this person is one of those guys who's unfairly <laughs> kind of crapped all over. Um, so I'm going to say Steven Lawrence, uh, you know, he had two, he had two points, uh, two points in the three games this week. Uh, one of a few players and again, very few, one of a few players who did not finish the week as a minus, you know, um, I, I think he gets bonus points for how sweet uh, that goal against the Oilers was. Um, and I just think he's a guy like he's not going to blow you away. Like somebody, you know, somebody may look at a stat line and says, oh, my God, this guy only has eight goals. What that like? What the hell? This guy sucks. But when your expectation is in the seven to ten goal range. I don't know how you can be pissy about a guy doing exactly that. Yeah. You well, know, meeting expectations is all we're asking for. <laughs> right. And so I just, you know, I think he's been a quality add to the team. And, you know, I, I, I think there's a lot of unfair sort of mentioning just because he was brought over in the Burns deal. But for what's expected of him, I think, you know, he's been, you know, delivering time and time again. All right. Uh, a couple of people in the chat making uh, their play for Agazino getting a hero nod this week. And that's, uh, hey, solid. I have no problem with that selection. And mm-hmm. we were talking about Kinejov a minute ago. I should also note that he uh, did have an assist on the only goal scored by Bortolo today in the uh, CUDA game. So good for nice. him. Uh, zero, uh, dude, just the, this Yikes. goal, this goaltending. <laughs> the, yeah. The goaltending is just so, so zero. Yeah, it's just <laughs> there's there's no better way to to put it. It's just not good. Like, <laughs> so don't you have to say anything else. I was gonna say. So I take Reimer, you take Kakinen, or the other one. I mean, or do you have somebody else notable for well, your zero? I I, I don't I don't want to elaborate more than just saying their name because I think we've pitchforked this person too much. Um, <laughs> Logan, it's, I was gonna say it's funny you say that because I'm like. 
my mind is spinning. I'm like, that could be any number of people. <laughs> and I and and I am, you know, I I saw you threw up Logan Teal eighty six's chat. I I I am going to interrupt myself because Logan Teal eighty six is subscribing to the the uh, the hockey jerk school of roster building. So appreciate it, buddy. Um, I I hate to say, I hate to do it because we pitchforked him enough, but Mario Ferraro, like, I mean, he, he's earned it, right? And and again, you know, I there is a degree to which I feel bad because he's a hell of a guy, but it's just the, the numbers are what they are, you know. When when you like D pairs are more or less they more or less have similar stats, maybe not offensively, but generally speaking, goal against, goal for, you're on the ice at the same time, right? Mm-hmm. It it continues, it continues to blow me away how Mario Ferraro has worse defensive stats than his, his, his pair, his pair mate. <laughs> and, like, I, 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 it doesn't make sense to me unless there's something I'm missing and, you know, minus five on the week. I, again, I, I don't know if it's, if it's that case of, remember at the beginning of the season, Ferraro came out and was asked about the Burns deal. And he's like, yeah, I got to step up my game. I'm going to have to, you know, try to bring a little bit more offense, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, dude, you still need to work on defense. Yeah. I was going to say, there's a guy named Eric Carlson who can do that. Yeah. He, he's he got everybody on his back. Just, just be defensively responsible. That's the, it, it goes back to what you were saying. This is all I'm asking of you. Just meet those expectations. And, and, and here's the weird, here's the weird thing. We honestly, like, <laughs> we might we like again we don't want to jam anyone up here but i feel like you could do a whole podcast about mario ferraro because he's he's on pace to well maybe he's a little bit below pace but he's around the same number in terms of shots blocked he's around the same number in terms of hits a little bit below hits which i think is a contributing factor but takeaways he stepped up on giveaways he's cleaned up considerably so like those elements of the defensive game the physicality the the stick work the 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 defensive iq if you will all of those things have improved and yet more and more you know on the rush he he's getting beat right and and it's kind of weird i don't know if it's a situation where like you know because i because i think the the brain is there like there is a like he's got the right idea. He has the skill. He has the expertise. I think it's just a situation, like you said, maybe trying to do too much where, you know, he's not making bad plays per se. Like he's not giving away the puck at an alarming rate, but it's more of just, you know, being out of position Mm -hmm. or, or not, um, not stick checking a guy when you need to, or running a guy over and it leaves somebody else completely open. You know what I mean? So I, it's a very interesting case. I, like I said, I think you could do a whole podcast because the, <laughs> you know, the, 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 the defensive stats would tell you that he's had a better season than last year. Right. But obviously minus 27 does not tell you that. Yeah. Like if I just, you could do a whole podcast on Ferraro. So with that, I will say JD, you're welcome. <laughs> I, should, I should give you one to knock out. Um, <laughs> So, I mean, what do you want to, well, here, John asking, uh, can the Sharks just bury Shimmick in the A next season, keep Kanish off in the N, and uh, there you go. No. 
I'm going to say, I'm going to say one of the words that people don't like starts with a B. Buyout. How much time does he have left though? So next year is the final year of his deal. Let me, let me paint a picture. See, for you, and okay? so that's well, but let me, uh, let me, I'll let you paint your picture. But the thing that I start off with, if he's only got one year left, same thing with like LeBanc and, and then same thing with like Kakinen. It's just kind of like, look, this team is on pace to suck again next season. Sure. It's why even buy it out and like free up, have all that extra money two years from now. Let you're going to suck next year. So just, just eat it. Counterpoint. Bring it. <laughs> so I think on, on the subject of LeBanc, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that because like, who on the Barracuda or even a guy that's been called up and down with the Sharks, you know, who stands to take a roster spot next year? It's going to be Bordalo. It's going to be Eklund. Those are kind of your front runners, right? Um, well, Kanaijev? No, forwards. Oh, I thought, I okay. I didn't realize you were only talking about forwards because no, okay. so, we're talking about Shimmick, so Right. Well, it's a, <laughs> there's a whole preamble. <laughs> <laughs> So my bad. <laughs> right. So you okay, so Eklund and Bordalo, unless unless something explodes in training camp or maybe the Sharks make a trade or a free agent signing, you know, it, it, if nothing else changes, right? Eklund and Bordalo are really the only guys that you have to make room for. And guess what? They traded Nieto, they traded Benino, Andreas Johnson is gonna go away. I'm still convinced Noah Gregor is gonna go. Um, same with Evgeny Svechnikov. So just you know, through sort of like <laughs> the sun rising, you know, there's going to be room for these guys. You can't really say the same for the defense. And now, to you know, uh, in, in a bubble, I think your idea of we'll just wait it out. There's one year left. The Sharks suck anyway. Mm -hmm. In a bubble, I agree with that. But but think about it like this. And I guess this is assuming that Eric Carlson doesn't get traded away. So just bear with me. But You've got, you know, you signed Henry Henry Thrun. You don't lure an, a college player. You don't tell a college player to drop out of school and play pro hockey unless you want them in the NHL, right? Sure. You you have Nikolai Kanijov, who once things get under control, should be in the NHL. I can't say if I've been overly impressed with what Chichek has brought to the table, but I think he's done well enough to earn more uh, more of a look. Um, Muka Medulin, again, there's not a lot of work there in North America. There's not a lot to look at, but that's a guy that is going to get a chance. Um, <laughs> that's a, that's going to be a guy who's going to get a lot, get a chance to make the sharks. And I think you could say the same thing about Ganem Larocque as well. So now all of a sudden, you know, you do some quick mathematics on that. That's how many names I say there. That's four or five names. That's four or five names right there who are not currently on the roster that conceivably could be. So if buying out, say, somebody like Shimmick, or you know, maybe you send a guy like Jacob McDonald on waivers, maybe that makes room if you've got, you know, one, two, or even three of those five names that I listed who are pushing for a spot. And I think as much as we didn't like Balsers getting bought out last summer, guess what? It made room for other guys to mm. come in and, 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 and do something, you know what I mean? And, you know, I know the, like I said, you know, I called it the B word because it's a little scary for a lot of people, but the, the Shimmick buyout is actually one of the more 
tame ones. I mean, you just look at it again from a logistical perspective, not not dollars and cents, but just a roster spot, right? Two and a quarter million dollars for a guy who is either on your bottom pair or, as Kevin Lacey pointed out, is going to be on long-term injured reserve. So, eh, you know, LTIR, you can kind of I mess feel, with that a little bit. but I feel like the short answer of what you're saying is there is no redemption for the Redeemer. No, because here's the thing. If you buy him, if you buy Shimmick out, guess what? That two and a quarter million dollars becomes 950K. Just from a dollar's perspective, we like that. You're saving money, especially if the Sharks, I don't think they go big game hunting, but maybe they go after somebody who's maybe kind of in the middle, you know, maybe a guy who's like 28, 29, right? And then the following year, yeah, you know, you're you're having a a, a 650 you you're having a, a $650,000 cap charge that you wouldn't otherwise have, which I understand that's where a lot of people get really nervous, but you're you know that's where your point of it, the dollars are not going to matter when the sharks suck anyway, right? Yeah, we have a correction from Lacey though. You, I guess you said something about Thrun dropping out. He's about to graduate. Is he okay? Well, that's a good point. Even better. Um, what better graduation gift? <laughs> um, but but he, but even then, you know what I mean. You you still, you know, you even though he is going to graduate, you still it still is a lot to, you know turn pro especially because as we all know and shout out to kevin for reminding us of this august 15th he could have said you know what i want to sign with vegas or tampa bay or <laughs> it been like, uh, you know uh i feel like uh, playing next to kale mccarr would probably help my game right exactly and so there's you know there is a degree of luring that that is that is in play here but so have it Everything goes through Massachusetts and that whole North, North, uh, New England area. You, which it's funny <laughs> that you bring that up. One of the, one of the people on the, uh, one of the people in our Discord server, was, you know, kind of wondering, you know, kind of horsing the future a little bit, mm-hmm. and and saying, hey, you know, the Sharks goaltending is a bit of a dicey situation, and it just so happens that the Boston Bruins look like they've got two number one goalies. And so this person had said, you know, uh, watch the Mike Greer's going to trade the Sharks second round pick or yeah, second round pick for Jeremy Swayman. And I'm like, why are you saying that? Like, that's a bad thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, like, I let's do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we should do that. <laughs> you should do that. <laughs> so, um, I mean, what is there to root for over the <laughs> the final? I mean, except for losses and EK also hitting a hundred. I mean, that's really it. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, dude, yeah. Boost that trade value. EK get, <laughs> make it. So somebody, or so that the sharks don't have to eat quite so much of your contract there. You know, there are certain guys that I would like to see score. Like I would like to see Jacob Peterson score. You know, I would like to see, um, you know, I just want certain guys like the guys who are going to be here next year. I want to see them finish strong. Like, you know, there's been a lot of dialogue about how Hurdles had a tough year this year. I want him to finish the year like really well. You know, uh, yeah, that's that's what, yeah, he's been wearing it. I mean, dude, the goal differential in March <laughs> dash thirty three. <sighs> Good 
Lord. All right, let's move on to uh, some things that happened. Uh, with, with some... I do want to say I do want to say one thing here, really quick. Just yeah, we out. can put a bow on this. And I, so I, I don't know who put it out there. I can't recall who put it out there, but they had said, you know, buying out Shimmick would be a mistake because burying him in the NHL or in the AHL, you could save more money that way. I just did the math, and if the Sharks bury Shimmick in the AHL next year, they save. There you go. They save $1.2 million off the cap if they bury him next year. If they buy him out, they save $1.3 million. There so, not to say that one is better than the other, but I don't think they're vastly different either way. Yeah. Um. Okay, so you weren't here last week, obviously. Um, no, I wasn't. <laughs> Sammy! <laughs> very, uh, very happy about that fact. Go ahead. I was going to say, it doesn't have the same ring to it. Sammy! No, it's okay. Yeah. Um... You gotta. There's there's not enough consonants in the name. I feel you. <laughs> um, should you know Eklund got sent down? It, yes, he did. As far as I'm concerned, the absolutely correct choice. It just makes all the sense in the world. No reason to burn a deal when you can control him for another year. But a lot of people pointing out, should Greer be a little worried about that? Because will Eklund be more inclined to play hardball for the bag? rather than taking some sort of a discount or bridge deal. Because he's going to be like, you know, motherfuckers, you disappointed me twice. Now I'm going to disappoint you. So it, I I feel like there's always a lot of conversation about like when players come up, right? Now, and I'll just, I'll just ask you straight up, right? Mm-hmm. Say Eklund's entry-level contract expires, and, and he didn't hit the nine-game threshold, right? So <sighs> he's going to slide... And his entry-level contract will expire uh, in the summer of 2026, which feels like a lifetime away from now. Hey, it's when, <laughs> it's when I think that this team might start like winning more games than they lose. But go ahead. And okay, I just want to point out, Ricky, I didn't leave it out. I literally said that in my initial argument. So go back and listen. Um, oh, come with, on, girls, you're both pretty. With Eklund. Um, you know, he's expiring at the end of uh, summer in uh, summer 2026. So let's say at the expiration of that deal, he comes to Mike Greer and he says, OK, you know, whatever. I played well for you and I want to make six million dollars a year. Mm-hmm. Tell me the tell me what's bad about that. Because I look at it as like if Eklund is asking for six million dollars a year, chances are he's worth it. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like I like I I think there's you know there's a lot and and again I understand it you know you look at players like look at William Nylander you look at Kirill Kaprizov you look at Matt Boldy you look at all these players who went from either entry level deal or a very small bridge deal to a big contract I, I understand the nervousness there but all those players again were well, worth the money like it yeah, well dude, you know, like dude Timo Meyer is not a nine million dollar player he's a nine point five million dollar player. <laughs> <laughs> Right. And, and, and so I, I just think, uh, you know, if it's if it's a situation where he's asking for that kind of money, chances are he's played well enough to earn it. Now, you know, the flip side of that is, if you know, if somebody like, you know. Somebody like Noah Gregor last year with his two and a half percent shooting percentages, like, well, I, you know, I want two million, three million. That's when you're like, OK, dude, score some goals and then we'll talk. But. 
if if Eklund at the end of his ALC, if Eklund's a 70, 80 point guy, you pay him and you don't even worry about it. But do you worry about him? Like, yeah, he he's doing really well. And he's kind of like, nah, you know what? I I don't want to play here. Same thing as Timo Meyer. You trade him and you get a bucket load of assets back. All right, then. Uh, Magnus Cronus season is over. Denver upset in the first round of the NCAA tourney. He's a senior, could sign with the Sharks, or he can wait until August, become a UFA. How do you think that's going to play out? Because we already know that the Sharks are just log jam with goalies. You know, I, I was wondering like when, um, you know, when the conversation started like around the trade deadline about, you know, guys who are going to be seniors and they're, you know, they're eligible for UFA, like based on what you're talking about, you know, man and McAniemi and, and, and Kakinen and, and all these, these, you know, goaltenders the sharks have on the younger side. I was, you know, I, I was thinking that, you know, there was maybe an outside chance where Corona would would end up getting traded at the deadline, similar to Thrun, where, you know, a team wants to take a chance at signing him before the UFA period. Um, and then I, I believe it was Shang. Shang put out a little ditty basically saying, you know, there's, you know, Corona could could still potentially sign. And so, I mean, if he signs, great. And, you know, if if he doesn't want to sign, you know, I I just I hope that you know the Sharks have the foresight to trade his rights before you know August fifteenth. Yeah. Well, and I think the other thing that kind of hurts too is that out of everybody, whether it's Man or McAniemi or Corona or Bo Pitt or Godro, it's like it doesn't seem now. And granted, you know, guys like Mark and Lace are going to be able to answer this far far better, but. It doesn't seem like any of them are kind of really standing heads and head and shoulders above the others at this point. And there's, <laughs> yeah, it, it it still kind of feels like jump ball a little bit. Mm-hmm. And and the thing is, is that it, it's jump ball, and at the in you know the bucket you're trying to score in is not being defended. You know, right? <laughs> Dell, Kakadin, <laughs> Reimer, they're like, yeah, shoot it, fire it up. Got nothing. Um, Lacey saying shouldn't be worried whether he signs or not. The the Sharks signed Harvard defenseman Henry Thrun to a two year contract. He immediately joins the Sharks roster. Could play as soon as this Tuesday when the team hosts the Winnipeg Jets. Now, I just want to put this out there. Do it. We, we, we talked about this when Eklund scored his first goal. It's Tuesday night. It's against the Jets, not exactly mm-hmm. a team that travels well. Okay. If, if something good happens with Thrun or if somebody down the line, like say four years from now, Thrun becomes, you know, our, the, the Sharks version of Kale McCarr, right? Okay. Anybody who tells you, I was at Thrun's first game is probably <laughs> lying. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, I think, I, I, again, the, the Sharks. The Sharks' history with the third round is is well documented, um, so I I kind of like I like the Sharks taking taking a chance on Thrun. I said this, you know, when we talked about uh, talked about it at the time. I had said this, but it like uh, yes, I know I know there's going to be people who say, oh my god, the third round pick. But like whether you trade it for a guy that doesn't work out or you draft a guy that doesn't work out, like Still I, a I don't really. Ticket. 
Right, exactly. And so I'm, you know, there's a lot of dialogue about, and I know, I know you're going to have something to say about this, but there's a lot of dialogue about, you know, could Henry Thrun, could he be the next, you know, kind of like the next Matt Carl? And I personally think if he is the next Matt Carl and the Sharks paid a third to get him, I personally think that's a heist. That's a heist. You know what I mean? That's a fleecing. Yeah, the Sharks put on their their black gloves and their ski mask and they they went in and they they banged the shit out of the jewelry display. Dude, that was a a dealing Doug move right there. Right. (laughs) All right, well, it's one of those ones we got to put a pin in and see how it plays out. Yeah, and 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 you know, like it, like the way, you know, as we've talked about before, you know, the way Mike Greer has really accumulated defensive prospects over the last uh, over the last eight months. Like, you know, we could be in a situation where next season the Sharks' seven defensemen that they carry on the roster, over half of them are guys who are playing their first NHL game, or maybe their first, whatever, maybe they're on their seventh NHL game. You know, yeah. if they play this year. Uh, I just want to hit something that Ricky brought up. Said on the topic of goalies, can we talk about how bad the Hill trade was? I mean, seriously, why did you keep Reimer if your intention was to tank, keep the two youngins? Ricky, we all, at least I can't speak for Jerk. He'll, he'll speak for himself. But I, dude, I was all about keep or keep Reimer, keep Kakinen. <laughs> Let me do my, my best Curtis Brown imitation here. Why? Because Reimer had one of his best seasons ever last year. And the idea was going into this was that if he could continue that, Reimer could be a decent trade piece at the deadline. We talked about that really early on, that if Reimer can continue that, wouldn't that be nice to see him fetch maybe a a fourth or a third at the deadline, get something back for him? Now, obviously, Reimer has not played well. The The whole team has sucked ass. But Reimer has not played well. The other thing is that Kakinen was not this bad at the end of last season. Where, <laughs> and Hill had injury issues. I mean, what, what did we uh, what did we give up to get him? And then what did we get back for? It's like we traded a second and then got back a fourth. Right. And well, that's what the market bared at the time. That's what he think- was worth. So that's that's where I was at on that. What what say you? Well, I just I just think with Hill, I think it was a bit of a jam job because like the sharks didn't get rid of Aiden Hill because he was a bad goalie. Like they got rid of him because he couldn't stay healthy. He couldn't stay healthy. And the, the two other guys that were here, Reimer and Kakinen made more of an impression on uh, the management staff, you know? And, and, you know, I, I kind of am with Ricky a little bit where I, I would have preferred going with a Hill, uh, Kakinen tandem only because, you know, I, we talked about it at the end of the last season where it was like, you know, it's hard to judge him because he's been injured. You think I would think that he's earned kind of another kick at it. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I, I do agree that, you know, I think Hill Kakinen as a tandem would have been the play. But at the same time, to your point, AJ, I think, you know, if you're sort of playing the short game, you know, it made more sense to get rid of Hill because, you know, he was somebody where. It, the value wasn't as high, so a team that needed a goalie like Vegas, they could you know take a flyer on him for cheap. Whereas Reimer, coming off his best season of his career, you know that's not a hey, you know can we try him out for a fifth? Like that's you know that it wouldn't have worked that way with Reimer. Yeah, no doubt. And then was that a was that a Greer move or was that prior to Greer? 
Uh, trading away Hill. Yeah, Hill. Is for that what you were referring to? Yeah, Hill for the fourth. Um, that's a great question. Actually, I think that was. I just want to give credit where credit is due. Yeah, I don't. I'll have to double check on that because I don't know if that was. I don't know if that was Greer or if that was um, Joe Will. Joe Will. No, I think uh, that was Mike Greer who who did that. And and I mean, I I know you pay a second and you only get a fourth on return. That's anybody who's an investor will tell you that's a crappy return on investment. But hey, think of but think about it like this. Say you lose Hill for nothing after this season because he's a UFA, right? Mm-hmm. Well, then you've got nothing. Yeah, so at least you get a little bit back on your investment. Yeah, and and also that that fourth that the Sharks got from Vegas is in 2024. So the Sharks, you know, at the time they had two years, but even now they have a year to kind of marinate on it, you know, and say, okay, do we want to pick a guy? Do we want to trade for a guy? Do we want to include this in a package for a bigger guy? You know, <laughs> throw this in with the. Uh... With Eric Carlson, so somebody will – we don't have to pay <laughs> so much salary. <laughs> right. I, I, I think, you know, there's always, like, if you go back in and you can do it by team, by GM, by season, like, you know, every trade is in some way or another is is sort of intertwined and interconnected with one another. I mean, we talked about it last month, right? Minnesota, uh, Minnesota acquired Marcus Johansson and Gus Nyquist – using draft picks that they got for, you know, laundering money uh, for Ryan O'Reilly and for um, Dmitry Orlov, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So every move is kind of inherently tied to one another. You know, that, you know, I, I think if that fourth round pick gets traded next year, like for a player or a prospect or a big piece or whatever, you know, it's it's we're going to say, oh, you know what? It's a good thing we traded Hill when we did because we got this pick that's going to help us right now. Sure. And and let's see what happens with Hill. How many goalies do they have? <laughs> so Vegas has, I think Vegas has got like seven goalies right now. I mean, it's ridiculous. So we'll see right. what happens. And and Sleepy saying, you know, it'd be hilarious if Hill takes Vegas to the cup. I don't know that Vegas gets out of the second round, to be honest with you. Strange, yeah, strange I, things are afoot at the Circle K. Yeah, I mean, if they, you know, it, it, it certainly doesn't help them that their best player is hurt again, right? Yeah. So. so let's move on to uh, to the bet. Uh, oh, no, I, no. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm not, dude. I'm not saying like you. Uh, no, say it, say it. <laughs> like you, like you were uh, last Sunday when you were out. You might have been shopping for white flags to wave, but with nine games left, seven versus playoff teams. Uh, you know, and one of those teams that they're going to play outside, they've already lost three to Calgary. Mm-hmm. five of the final nine are at SAP where they've won two games in the year 2023 of our Lord. Nice. So what I'm saying is you, sir, need the Sharks to go five and four. You need them to have a winning record <laughs> over the final nine, which they have not done all season. They have yeah. never had a stretch of nine games where at the end they had a winning record. Yeah, that's... um Since the bet... Yeah, the bet was from the February seventh. It was, I said the Sharks would not win ten of their final thirty-one, and you're like, no, I think they can do that. And ever since then, four, fourteen, and four over the last twenty-two games. That <laughs> is a colossal soiling of the sheets, my friend. So, um, 
I think what we're saying is you won the first one. It looks as though I'm winning the second. So uh, we'll we'll settle this in the off season when uh, EK is traded. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. Oh man. So look, the the one thing we can say is that uh, there are records, people. Um, you look at Eric Carlson. He broke Brent Burns's record. Uh, the San Jose Sharks, by the way, this week set an NHL record. The most losses in games you had the lead in. <laughs> 30, dude, 49 times they lost 32 of those games. <sighs> Good Lord. The, the other thing that gets me, dude, the goals differential this season. By, we already know that on the whole, it sucks. You can tell just by the, you can infer that by the record. You know, th- this team doesn't have, you know, double, uh, hasn't hit 20 w- wins or whatever it is at this point. Like you can infer, oh, I bet you that goal differential is kind of shitty. But the way it goes on by period, their goal differential in the first dash nine, in, mm-hmm. the, in the second dash 21, and in the third dash 28. No, what do we, no, what do we I'm sorry. <laughs> it's dash. 38 in the third period. What do we always, do we always say? Uh, you have right to, where, it's right where we want to. Hey, now. Uh, Reimer over the last five, one, two, and two with an 889 and a 3.69. in in the last five, oh, four, and one, 865.2. This that goaltending is that that is not league average goaltending. That is bottom of the barrel goaltending. Yeah, not even close. <laughs> I don't. I just. I can't. Oh my lord! I I would venture to say that there'd be a few times this season the Barracuda could beat the Sharks. <laughs> like w- without even trying to be honest on a couple of these games. Um, Sleepy asking how many of those losses were by one goal. A lot of them. <laughs> Holy cannoli. Uh, let's let's move on and get into some fun stuff here around the NHL. Uh, let me ask you this. Has Daryl Sutter lost the room in Calgary? Yeah, I would think so. I mean, I, I'm not convinced that he ever had it. Well, 32. Th- I mean, dude, Jack Adams last season. Right. Yeah, but... something going right. But 32 Thoughts is quoted. Nazem Kadri has been very vocal about what he's seen in Calgary this season and why they aren't firing on all cylinders. He's been very blunt about the communication between players and the coach. And... Well, that's because like Daryl Sutter's been jamming people up. Like But that's that's Sutter's, you know, that's that's his MO. I mean, dude, remember the way he jammed up Carl Uke back in the day? Right, but like but like even you like it's just been on fire, you know, like, um, you know, his first NHL, you know, Jacob Peltier plays his first NHL game and Daryl Sutter's like, well, what number was he, you know? And, and, <laughs> and even, you know, Huberto, like I think Huberto was early in the season was benched or maybe he had an equipment issue or something was going on. And Daryl Sutter was like, yeah, you know, he went to go take a shit during the third period. Like, what, Oh, I remember that. Like, what are you doing? You know what I mean? <laughs> like you, like you talk about like, you know, jamming up your players in the media, that's a way that you lose them. 
Well, references were made that Sutter is the reason why Kachuk and Gaudreau got the hell out. Which uh, we said that two years ago, dude. <laughs> we said that specifically about Gaudreau, but we said that. Yeah. I mean, Chief knows how to wear out a welcome. So, I'm, dude, is, is he going to be gone this offseason? Because he just recently signed a two-year extension that kicks in this summer. Well, so here's the thing. Daryl Sutter signed a two-year extension. Jonathan Huberto signed an eight-year extension. Oh, and I'm if I'm and if if I'm tree, I'm like okay, this coach is rubbing my guys the wrong way, especially my best player that I just freaking gave eighty million dollars to. Right, and maybe, tree's like I'm not getting fired. Right, and so you know he's maybe hmm, maybe I have to do the player a solid on this one. Yeah, but I mean, too especially st- because I don't know about you. But when L.A. fired Daryl Sutter, however many years ago that was, four, five years ago, six years ago, whatever it was, like, I thought that was it, right? Oh, that he was he's going to, like, go to the farm with his two rings and just enjoy right. life? Well, like, he, yeah, like, I, I, I think maybe he, he had a very brief television career, I think, and then he was the, you know, you know, they always make up bullshit titles, the, the special assistant to the assistant mm. whatever associate coach for the Ducks. And I was like, okay, you know, he's just kind of dink around for a little bit, and then that's it. And then he gets the head coaching job here in Calgary, and I'm like, well, I this guy was done. Well, well uh, to be fair, I think also he had the history with Calgary. You know what I mean? Right. Like but, he'd already done it, so he was all pretty comfortable there. Yeah, but that was 15 years ago. <sighs> Big deal. <laughs> I don't know. We're going to see what happens with, with him in the offseason. But, you know, it's, again, two rings, Jack Adams. I mean... He rubs people the wrong way, but early on he does get some results. But the well, I th- I think you'll see that with just about anything. Like the new, even if the new coach sucks, the fact that they're new, I think juices everybody. Oh yeah, you always get that new car smell at the beginning. But that <laughs> that was the funny thing about hearing uh, Randy Hahn talk. Uh, who's the who's the coach with Vancouver now? Who's the guy who came talk. back? Yeah, talk, talk it. it, talk it. And he was uh, saying something about uh, you know. Since Tockett came in, you know, this team has kind of bounced back. And, and I'm like, oh, so exactly the same story as last year with Boudreaux. <laughs> right. Well, and specific- so it's I like mean- Vancouver just needs to change their coach the first week of every season and then they can start off the right way. <laughs> Well, and and they even they even kind of mentioned they kind of flamed the Canucks a little bit. They were like, "Oh, if you want to live in Vancouver for a couple of years, you know, just become the coach." And they did this whole thing. <laughs> they did this whole thing over over the last ten years. Vancouver's had, I think, six head coaches, which <sighs> since like Elaine Vigneault, right? Yeah, it was Elaine Vigneault, and then it was and then it was Torts, and then it was Willie Desjardins, and then it was Travis Green, and then it was Bruce Boudreau, and now it's Talk. Oh my lord. Hey, but you know what? But to your point, you know, I mean, you look at um, what talk has done since he's gotten there. I mean, you know, in t- he's been the head coach now, I think, for 26 games for the Canucks. And, and you know, JT Miller, who dude is on fire. Dude, have, he was having a down year. <laughs> Extension hadn't even get kicked in yet. And he was maybe going to be traded. And now, look, I mean, he's got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. He's got like. 20 he's got something like 26 points in those 26 games you oh know so God. whatever whatever talk is doing he's got him humming right now <laughs> jeez that is unbelievable oh man speaking of bringing fans together you know calgary fans evidently have been brought together to see daryl sutter shown the door but the nhl fan base as a whole was brought together earlier this week 
the fan base completely united like nothing else could in all the wrong ways because fanatics in the NHL signed 10-year I don't get Gary Bettman in these ridiculous long deals. I don't job seeking. Well, uh, like, it, dude, you, it pads you, the revenues. It pads the revenues, but I sit there and, you know, like there better be an out like after three years. Like, okay, the first two years, you're still going to use the Adidas factory and blah, blah, blah. And maybe their design team or some shit like that. But after that third year, you're going to start like, you know, have some things to say. Mm hmm. And maybe you put something in there or maybe you sit there and go, Hey, five years. And then we'll do it year by year after that. I bet you there, I bet you there is a, there's an out option for the NHL. Well, remember we broke it that the sharks. Oh, did we had it? <laughs> yes, we did. The sharks had an eight year agreement for the fanatics to run the sharks shop. They got out of it after four years. It'll be Funny to see if the NHL goes through something very similar, but nothing has brought everybody together like this. Right. Well, and worth mentioning too, you know, I, I don't know how long their deal with the Fanatics was, but Arizona Coyotes pulled the pin early as well. Yes, that is absolutely true. So it's, and it's funny seeing some of the different things uh, here, but what the press, was this the press release? I think it was. Yeah. I just... On that same note, I just love the. I, I think I mentioned it before. I, <laughs> I loved that article that had come out about that basically said and and not you know kind of oh <laughs> we're going to imply it. No, no, no. There was an article came out, and it did not imply this message. It came out and said it, where it was like the reason why the Islanders are doing so well in merchandise sales is because they're not going with fanatics. Right. Dude, the, the, the article literally <laughs> said that. Like, I, that, that's that's not a subliminal message, right? I mean, dude, the Athletic had an article. It's like fans are furious about going NHL going with fanatics, and they should be. Yeah. Uh, the but the one of these lines from the press release, dude, it said feedback from fans has helped guide the design process of replica NHL jerseys. Now, right there, I want to stop and go. Who asked for these shiny crests? And so you're like, oh, okay, that was the feedback. It's like, we need shinier logos that look really bad. Um, and this is leading to innovations like a more tailored female jersey. Um, I don't know about you, Jerk. I remember Reebok putting out women's fit jerseys. So I'm not sure how they're trying to give fanatics the credit to that. But the best is Mac said, Mac is, uh, you know, one of the, the, you know, people of stature at fanatics. This quote is hysterical. Max said replica jerseys have received a four and a half star rating on a five scale <laughs> on par with authentic products. No one has said that. I know a yeah, few, I, I, I know a few women that, Oh, I like the fanatics style Jersey because it's cut for a woman and they are soft like that. I will give you, but those same women that I know that have that, they also said, yeah, it's it's fine to wear like around the house or whatever because it's comfortable. But they also said, I would never wear it to a game though because it looks like shit. The only, the only compliment that I've heard about the Fanatics breakaway jerseys is that they're, they're true to size. That's the only compliment I've heard. Christ. <laughs> Which oh. I don't know about... 
as somebody who purchases clothing for themselves, true to size is kind of like the cherry on top. <laughs> right? right? Like, I mean, dude, <laughs> uh, I, I, I've said it a bajillion times, dude. I, I've seen, I've tried on shirts in, yeah. in, a, in a sporting goods shop that were fanatics. Every shirt looked exactly the same. Same logo on the front, same size, all of that. Put it on three different fits. It, uh, unbelievable. Mm-hmm. But let's, I, I want to play you this video. Uh, and I'm, and I will be stopping it at times to comment, but this is one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Check this out. And frankly, when you're in business with Michael, he is just the force of nature and yeah, he's a force of nature. He's fucking monopolized and ruined sports apparel, but, but do go on Gary. We have had a partnership that's been very broad based and encompassing e-commerce, retail, uh, performance, fan friendly merchandise. Uh, whole everything across the spectrum. This was the next logical step for us in being in business together, and we have complete confidence that they're going to do a great job. What's complete confidence that they're going to do a great job? Has the NHL account looked at any of the feedback from the announcement? Like <laughs> Wojcinski. Go look at Wojcinski when he put out his tweet that had that linked to his articles that had all the details about this. There were there were three like three people said, "Well, let's take a wait and see approach." And that's fine. But you had 500 other tweets respond, "No, this is going to suck." Because their reputation for sucking is so huge that they can't get shit right. They fuck up constantly. But let's go on. What's better about it than the Adidas deal? It, it's different. Adidas. Uh... <laughs> What's better about it than the Adidas deal? It's different. No, it's more money, Gary. Be honest. Fanatics threw a ton of money at you. Nike wouldn't even bid. They're just like, eh, who cares? But <laughs> it's different. Yeah, because more money is being thrown at our face. But go ahead. Good partner, but they're more focused on soccer and footwear. We're a little bit different, and Michael and Fanatics cover the broad spectrum of everything we're doing, and we've had together pretty dramatic double-digit growth over the last few years. I'm sure it's easy to have double-digit growth over the last few years when you charge fans to return your mistake. When you charge them handling fees. When you keep their money for three, four, five months before shipping out an order, yeah, that that does make things go up. So we love the partnership. Uh, We think Fanatics does a great job in everything they do. Uh, Sir, you are totally wrong about that. Uh, A Fanatics sucks Twitter account gained three times their follows in five days because of the outrage on this. But go ahead, Gary. Michael's extremely progressive and forward-thinking. He's a visionary. Yes, I have a vision on how to monopolize and ruin sports apparel across the North America. Release the vision. He can execute, and that's the most... No, he should be executed, but go ahead. Important thing you want from your partner. marketing to fans in terms of making sure it's available in a lot of different places. He does. (laughs) Making sure it's available in a lot of different places. Yes, there are multiple crappy websites that have fanatic stuff. At all, especially on things like special events, Stanley Cup final merchandise when we do uh, our big events like. Special events. 
we all remember how they completely screw up our la- the, the last dog to the bowl when it comes to special events and getting merch out to everybody. The Winter Classic and our other outdoor games, they do it all. Look, we wake up and go to bed thinking about how we best service the fan. No, you wake up, go to bed thinking about how best to screw the fan, Michael. You have a company that's 100% of its business comes from taking care of the sports fan. We're going to do the best job, and that's really what we aspire to do every day. (laughs) We aspire to do the best job every day. You fail miserably. Miserably. Now, here's here's the better part for those of you who haven't heard. Elliot Friedman got in on this on 32 Thoughts earlier this week. The opening line in this, chef's kiss. I didn't recognize the hatred of fanatics. And I have to say that the hockey fans, you really educated me this week. And I appreciated the education. You took me to a place I didn't know, and I did some work because of it. I had one experience with fanatics that I didn't like. I don't order a lot of merchandise, to be perfectly honest. I ordered a Jack Rathbone jersey. But it turned out someone else got me a Jack Rathbone jersey, so I tried to cancel it, like, within a day. And they're like, no, it's already printed. You can't cancel it. It's yours. And I was like, you know that. <laughs> Try to cancel an or You can't even do that. Are you kidding me? Uh, go check out the 32 thoughts from earlier this week. That it goes on for a lot longer, but it still it comes down to him saying, "I didn't realize so many people hated it." I thought it was interest. I thought it was interesting the point that that he had made about um, this is fanatics kind of last chance to prove that they're a viable partner. I thought that oh, was an interesting note. Yeah, it would exam again. Go check out Thirty Two Thoughts from earlier this week. I think it's like at the twenty nine minute mark, and it only yeah. it's only about five or six minutes, but it's it's really cool. But yeah, there's there's been a few that have kind of made that point where if they fuck this up, and just based on historical data, they will. <sighs> Good lord. And see, and here's the funny thing that that came to me because again, I know we Eric and I did a reaction thing about this uh, when the news dropped, but I've since listened to a lot more things, learned a lot more. The one thing that gets me though is like consider that when the league announced helmet ads, fans were like, "Oh, that's gonna suck," but and I and I remember you kind of going, "Well, dude, it's gonna increase revenue." With like you understand why, and is, is it really gonna bother anybody? And it was kind of like, yeah, you know, and then once we saw the ads, it was like, yeah, you really don't even notice them. It, it could very well just instead of a uh, sticker that says CCW or warrior or whatever. Oh, well, now it says SAP or it says milk or whatever. But then the NHL added ad patches to the jerseys and more fans didn't like that. Some said, however, uh, again, uh, we probably won't even notice. I got to tell you, I do know. I still notice them. There's a, a couple that are a little on the egregious side. Washington, not so much. Minnesota, whoo, doggy. Do I see well, that's that? Well, that's because uh, Washington is smart, and they have uh, a customized color scheme patch for each jersey. Like, even their reverse retro jersey, they had a they had a patch in the proper color scheme. Yeah, that's the way to do it. And I'm, and I'm still thankful that the Sharks have not added patches. 
when yeah, they I, when they I'm, called the jersey the evolved jersey, I hope that's not part of the next evolution. I'm I'm still su- I'm still surprised that they don't have patches just because the the sharks have historically been at the front of the line for the shilling, we'll say. Yeah. Uh, I mean, she's, uh, <laughs> I've been asking how long until Fanex files bankruptcy. They, they won't do. They're doing gambling now. They, they, it's going to be a long cry from that. And Jack's saying cool hockey is going to get some nice business. I'll tell you what, if you get on hockey Jersey Reddit, cool hockey at one point was like pretty, I think they're like one of the verified people to go through. They've lost their verification. They Cool hockey has not had a good season. They've go, go check that out if you're interested. Um, but getting back to this, when the digital ads on the, on the boards happened, you had the fans, Oh, this is so annoying. And I'm still one of those people. Some of them, the, I don't care if they, if it's static, you know, if you just snap your finger and it, it just goes from SAP to Pepsi or whatever that I don't care. When I see that big ass puck moving across the board or the, the, the Toyota truck going, that drives me insane. I hate that. But there are still people that said, oh, I don't really notice it. doesn't bother me. This announcement, everyone hates it. <laughs> National sports writers didn't call out those other things. They're calling out this. Business Insider reached out to fanatics for comment on the overwhelming negative reaction and didn't get a response. Fanatics know that, knows that they're, they're hated. It's... <sighs> And you even you had the opportunity to spin this however you wanted, but you declined comment, which basically says, "Yeah, we suck, so we really don't have anything to say." Right. Well, because because the the smart play there would have just come out and said, "You know, we believe in our brand, and we believe we're going to do a good job, and we want to win the fans back over." You know. Mm-hmm. Easy. But uh, <laughs> it said, in fact, several po- prominent NHL media learned this week just how much the NHL fan base detests fanatics but what was also really funny about the 32 thoughts part was he oh god what did he say um he he said that uh something along the lines of g no gm is going to come out and say this but you can tell a lot of gms are very like on edge about this like i don't know as they should be yeah but like don't the can't the owners like get together and go gary no no, they wouldn't because, again, why would they say no to money? Because they don't want to piss off the fans? No. All right. Fans are going to show up anyway. I'll tell you what. But they're not gonna is going to spend money at the uh, kiosk. That's okay. All right. They'll have more. Because think about it like this. Everything is, It's like I said earlier, everything is intertwined. Hey, you know what? Uh, I don't have to save $200 for a jersey this year. I'm going to go... To my first game of the season, I'm going to buy $200 worth of beer and get gooned. <laughs> Guess I, what? I, I feel You're still s- giving them money. I feel seen. <laughs> <laughs> You're still giving them money. You know what I mean? Dude. I mean, have you ever seen an announcement met with so much overwhelming hate, though? <laughs> I mean, dude, TikTok, Twitter, Facebook, everybody hates it. And you would think, like, fanatics in the NHL might go, wow, people really fucking hate fanatics. And maybe Fanatics thinks, you know, maybe we should start checking orders before they go out. Or maybe we should hire people that know the difference between the LA Kings and the Minnesota Vikings. I mean, well, what's the difference? They both wore purple and gold. Or there's Kings in the name. 
ship it. And wh- wh- what happens when a player sneezes, the ad patch falls off, and someone slips on it like a Mario Kart banana peel? I don't think it's that's going hilarious. to Yeah, I mean, I'm taking things to the extreme, but it's because of the reputation that they have earned themselves over the last decade. And here's the one question that I didn't consider earlier. Okay. First off, will we finally see game quality, you know, what they call made in Canada right now? Are we finally going to see that return to retail? Or No. Okay. Okay. They're going to market the breakaway jersey as the authentic. They're going to they're going to stitch but, they're going to stitch a fight strap to the freaking breakaway jersey <laughs> and be like, "Oh, $350, please." <laughs> but that's that's what I'm saying. Like, are they going to go the Reebok route? If they can contr- like when Reebok controlled it all, they introduced that third tier in the middle of, you know, crappy replica game game quality. Or is Fanatics going to do that as well? And are the prices going to go back up? Because remember, when Reebok was running, it was 150 for replica, 300 for Indo-authentic. And then when you had competition between Adidas and Fanatics, prices came down, as did the quality. So... Are the prices going to go back up? That's what I want to see. I guess we'll I, <clears throat> I guess we'll find out, right? Yes. And what if fanatics are the ones that come in and save the whole regional sports network debacle? Well, here's the other. I think it's I think it's also worth saying, dude. Could you imagine the fanatics sports network? It'd be hilarious. Ugh. Somebody was somebody would trip over the cable and the transmission would go down. <laughs> no, I like the movie Airplane with the yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I will. I I think it's also worth saying that you know as much as we expect fanatics to do a poor job, that doesn't mean that we want them to do a poor job, right? Absolutely correct. But it's the fact that so many people expect them to shit the, the bet on this because say, they've earned their reputation say the uh you got to pull up that 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 sign from that uh that protest our expectations for you were low but holy fuck <laughs> oh you are so right so 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 right um so well again this is something that is five years that we'll come back and talk about this again, I suppose. But dude, just just for a second, let's say let's say they do fuck this up. Mm-hmm. Like let's say that once they get their hands inside the because as far as I know, Adidas has like some patents or some trademarks or something on the material and how they do their jerseys now. So that belongs to Adidas unless Fanatics is gonna, you know, shell out buckets and buckets of money i'm just what happens if they uh if they once they put their fingers in there all of a sudden just it, we start hearing players going ugh this stuff sucks i don't know well i you know i don't want to i better not say anything i don't want to again i don't want to jam anyone up but uh there was somebody who did mention to me somebody who is very familiar with with this certain thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, they basically said, 
we miss the Adidas stuff. The Fanatics Authentic Pro Gear sucks. <laughs> and I don't want to and I don't want to say who it is or where they, you know, I don't want to say what they do or who they do it for or anything like that, but this person is involved with an NHL team, we'll just say. Yeah, I was going to say I'm I would bet money that I know exactly who you're talking about. <laughs> um so let's move on cuz God knows I've <laughs> spun so much yarn about the Fanatics. Um <laughs> pick it up. <laughs> I'm telling you. Uh, the Athletic went an interesting way this week. I totally like this. They put out a We Got It Wrong series about predictions made at the beginning of the season. I thought this was like really cool because too often you see people that pat themselves on the back. They got one thing right and they're out there retweeting it. Hey, look what I said you know, a year ago or whatever. Yet they never retweet it when they get it wrong the other 90% of the time. Uh, you know, I believe that's known as the skip Bayless, but Massasac who, Sakalo, <laughs> Massasac who, uh, he hasn't done one, uh, at least that I'm aware of at this point. I know, I'm not sure if he is. I just know that a few other writers did, but I was like, Oh, I wonder how well he did on his predictions. So he did, he did 10 bold predictions. Number one, Carlson will play more than 60 games for the first time since arriving in San Jose. Law of averages would say that's true. Yeah. I don't know. You know, would I file that under bold? I mean, based on the, the, the time that he spent in San Jose, but it, like at some point it was going to have to be like, you better. <laughs> we, we're not even going to care if you're injured. We're throwing you out there. Deal with it. <laughs> um, number two was three of Cunning. Lawrence, Lindblom, and Sturm. Or I'm sorry, Lawrence. Is it? It's Lawrence, right? Yes. Okay. Excuse me. Cunning, Lawrence, Lindblom, and Sturm would set career highs in goals scored. So Sturm did it. Lindblom's not even close. Cunning was injured, and Lawrence is like what tied. Yeah, Lawrence has tied his career high. Which, as far as bold, I would consider this a bold prediction. And even mm -hmm. though, even though he didn't hit it. Like he came pretty close. Like I'm actually like that's a like I think that's a good shout. That's on, a that's a partial part. credit. Yeah, that's a partial credit. Vlasic will play more than 18 games per or eight, 18 games. <laughs> I don't know. That was a little close. Were we sure if he was going to hit 20 this year? Uh, no, Vlasic will play more than 18 minutes per game for the first time in three years. He Massasak did not get this. But Jesus Christ, he couldn't have gotten any closer. What's he averaging? 1735? 17, yeah, 1735. And there's still time for that average to go up. Yeah, he could bump it. So that one, again, I'm going to say partial credit on that. Uh, someone who is not currently on the roster will finish in the top four in minutes per game on the defensive core. I'm going to go and say this is a miss. Yeah, I mean, unless, unless there was an idea that, like... <sighs> I don't even know. Like, unless they, like, unless he thought like the sharks were going to trade for somebody, I just, I would say it's bold just because I didn't. Or that I see think he was, you know? I think he was also expecting more from CUDA players. Sure. So, uh, <laughs> the power play will finish in the top 20 for the first time since 1819. Not even close. Definitely bold, though. Uh, bold prediction, way wrong. Uh, someone not named Meyer, Hurdle, or Couture will finish among the top three forwards in power play points. That's a miss. Very bold. All, yes, I totally agree. 
Eklund will lead all Sharks and rookie. I'm sorry. Eklund will lead all Sharks rookies in goals and points, but not in games played. I feel like he's we, half right. I was going to say we really don't have a lot to work with here. But, well, because so you you look at the you look at the roster right now. So the the leading scorer for rookies is Nick Chichek. He's got four assists. Uh, and then it's Eklund with two goals and an assist. So par- partially right. Yeah, close, but you know. Um, man, Strauss man and Thomas Bordalo will both be contenders for AHL rookie of the year. I'm going to say that's a miss. You know, I thought considering what Thomas Bordalo had done in limited games last year, I thought I didn't know that I, I, I don't know that I thought he would, but you know, I think I had heard worse opinions you know what i mean well and when i see that like bordalo will be a contender for ahl rookie of the year i was to be fair at the beginning of the season i was just kind of like it's gonna be tough to contend for the ahl rookie of the year when you're playing in the end <laughs> like i thought bordalo was probably gonna get caught up at some point you know and stick because that's how bad things were for san jose but greer has other things in mind uh the sharks will trade someone who is not a pending ufa before the deadline I don't. They traded I, multiple guys. Yeah, but I, I don't. I, is that bold? To um, be to be debated. I mean, when we all talk I about where we were with Meyer, although I do remember at the beginning of the season, you said that you did not think Meyer would be traded. Yeah, I didn't think. Yeah. But like they, the Sharks, they trade. I mean, they tra- obviously Meyer, but even then, you take Meyer out of it, you know. Uh, Hatika wasn't a pending UFA. Jacob Magna wasn't a pending UFA. Ryan Merkley wasn't. Jasper Weatherby wasn't. Yeah. So, so that's, it, they've, so... they've almost exclusively traded non-pending UFAs. <laughs> yeah, so that's a, that's a solid hammer nail, right? And then finally, the Sharks will secure a top five selection in the 23 NHL draft. Now, I don't know that I would call that bold. <laughs> I think pretty much everybody who covers the NHL expected that to be the case when... Literally everybody has San Jose in the bottom five of the league. That probably increases your hopes of getting a top five selection. But either way, I still, a couple of those predictions, I was like, man, Chief Chief nailed it. But again, like I'm saying, it's nice to see guys own it when they uh, when they miss it. Because again, the, the ones that, that bang themselves on the back for getting one thing right when they got nine wrong, uh got no time for you oh boy let's let's move on to what was a um a pretty pretty difficult weekend to deal with Ooh, barracuda. oh man it was this this whole week sucked <laughs> the kuda went one and three. They got absolutely waxed in Colorado, eight nothing. Dell got pulled after the first, saved 10 of 14. Man comes in, saved 17 of 21. But oof, uh, you thought the 6 0 shellacking that the Avalanche gave the Sharks was bad. Ooh, the Eagles played with their food. The following game, a little bit better. It's a 3-2 loss, though, despite Tristan Robbins giving the CUDA a lead twice. I'll tell you, Robbins, player of the week for the CUDA. And, uh, but again, the CUDA can't hang on. 
Dell, obviously a lot better, saving 29 of 32. They did pick up one win, a 5-1 win versus Bakerfield, Bakersfield yesterday. Nathan Burke, who? I don't even know who this guy is, but he evidently scored twice, including the game winner and a helper. And in this game, Robbins had a goal and two assists. Again, Robbins had a hell of a week. That dude wants the Sharks jersey in his stall. And unfortunately today, 4-1 loss on Pucks and Paws Day. The lone goal coming from Bordalo, which was a sick top shelf backhand. And it did open the scoring, but... It all went backwards after that. But look, he did have uh, Bordalo, who has been kind of quiet of late, had goals in back-to-back games. So you like to see that. But the thing you don't like to see, of course, is right now the Cuda are five points on the outside of the playoff picture. It is not looking good. They're going to have to finish huge, huge. Uh, Let's go to our tweet of the week, which, and you'll have to forgive me because the it's the one thing that I uh, <laughs> I had forgotten to prep for, but let's let's run it, Stephen. Tweet of the week, and of course it's going to go back to what we had earlier. But let me drop in what I meant. Look at this license plate. <laughs> now I feel like you can take this a couple of different ways. You know, the license plate says for the audio listeners. S-H-A-R-X-E-H. On one hand, you could look at that and go, Sharks, eh? And I feel like the way Jerk and I look at this, we're kind of like, Sharks, eh. Am I wrong? I guess Jerk left. Uh, is, there any, <laughs> is there any reason it couldn't be both? Oh. Depending. Because oh. <laughs> I think you could be. Solid point. I think, and I and I go to to our friend Ian on this one. Two things can be, you know, it's uh, hey Ian, uh, the sharks lost. What do you have to talk about? Sharks. Ugh. <laughs> but then on the flip side, it could be something good happens. Get to talk about the sharks. Hey. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Ah, <laughs> love it. All right, kids, this week the Sharks are going to play two at home this week where they've got a ridiculously bad record, but we'll see what happens. We'll see if they can tie the 92-93 team with eight home wins. And for those of you who are on, uh, you know, tank together, want Bedard, of course you're rooting for the opposite. But they'll play those two and then head down to the mullet, the bad haircut arena in Arizona to pick up one there. Starts on Tuesday versus the Jets. It's the... Like I said earlier, second of three meetings. Three weeks ago, the Sharks did beat the Jets in overtime, but Winnipeg does need all the points they can get right now as they're clinging to that final wild card spot. Uh, This is one of two possible season sweeps, though, the Sharks could get. The other one, of course, being against Arizona. Then the top team in the West currently, Vegas, comes to SAP for the third of their three games. Vegas won at SAP. 4-2 4-2 last October. San Jose returned the favor, beating the Knights at T-Mobile 5-2 last November. And again, to wrap up the week, the Sharks are going to be in Arizona. San Jose's already beaten them twice, 3-2 and 4-2. So, how do you think the Sharks are going to roll this week, jerk man? Do you think this is one of the, the just by law of averages, they pick up a win this week? Yeah, and I think it's going to be against Arizona. 
Oh, I totally thought you were going to go with Winnipeg. No, I because I, I know, thought that didn't you call that a couple weeks ago? That yeah, you did. You a couple said weeks ago, yeah. You but said that was, it was going to be the Jets that they were going to win, like they right, were going to sneak I, up on them. Yeah, and and that was also that was in the midst of uh, Winnipeg kind of stubbing their toe a little bit, but they've mm. rebounded and they're a good team. Like the Sharks should not be beating them. You know what I mean? <laughs> All right, so Arizona, you think? I don't know though. Arizona's played well at, at bad haircut. <laughs> it, it, hmm. So, but so what are you saying? One and two? One, one, one. Yeah, no, one and two. One? Eh, maybe one, one, one. One of those. <laughs> one of the definitely not two and something. Yeah, it's definitely going to start with a one. <laughs> nice. Oh. So any uh, anything else that we uh, neglected? Was there another story that like floated your boat, blew your skirt up this week? No. Cool. Love it when that happens. On Twitter, you can follow him at hockey underscore jerk. You can follow me at AJ underscore strong. Remember to subscribe to this YouTube channel if you haven't already. Leave your take in the comments section of the video if you weren't able to join us live. And you can check out our post-game cast that follow every game this week. Some combination... Of Puck Guy, Ian, Landy, Dana, Mark, we're not sure. It's always a, uh, we, I think we kind of decide it the same way, right? We just put all the, the ping pong balls in there and pull which ones your name's more on there. More or less. Yeah. So you can find links to our social media podcast apps and more included in the show notes. And you can get everything on tealtownusa.com. And I know it was mentioned earlier. If you want VIP access to that Discord party, Hit up hockey underscore jerk on the Twitter machine. <sighs> right now, do you just want to go on record and say sharks are picking first or second in this year's draft? Yes. Ooh. So Bedard or Fantilli is what you're telling me? It's exactly what I'm telling you. Greer would not be silly enough to work a deal for that pick for something else, would he? No, I don't think so. Because I think if you're, you know, like last year when the Sharks were picking, the Sharks picked 11th last year, correct? Like, oh, and then traded down. Right, you know, like, you, you know, you could still get a good player at 11, but it's not as big of a deal as potentially getting a player at 1, 2, or 3. Hmm. Well, we said at the beginning of this uh, podcast that we're going to try to be positive. I have something positive to tell you, Jerk. Oh, gosh. Okay. <laughs> I'm a little nervous. <laughs> we only have to do this for three more weeks. Yes. <laughs> and of that, I am positive. You know what I'm also positive of? I'm pretty positive that you, my friend, know what an Irish exit is. <laughs>